Hello and welcome to another edition of e-commerce Odyssey. I'm here with Toma from Sourcing Monster. Toma is as a very successful um, FBA white label business, and it also helps other people do that successfully. So, Toma, tell us how did you get into this business? Uh, so, I got into this business. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, uh, Trevor. I really appreciate this. Um, and I started with Amazon FBA after being in the e-commerce space for the last twelve years. Um, I didn't really like the, that business that I have to be there, be responsible and always be in a specific location. And this lifestyle of being an Amazon FBA seller that you can work from anywhere at, at any time, you don't need to do it at certain times, really was appealing to me. So I that, that you know, you started to uh, think about how I can move from the other business which was very demanding. The money was great, but it was many, very demanding to transition into doing this full-time. Of course, there was, yeah, it took me like uh, around a year and a half to two years to do it full-time and uh, to be able to replace my previous income. And uh, you So know, you were like a retailer previously or? So we would uh, kind of online retail, but it was, uh, we had a factory. Uh, it was a jewelry and uh, fine jewelry business. And uh whenever an order came through we had to make it so everything was made to order uh so there was a lot of pressure especially when you deal with people that buy engagement rings and they need it for right. a specific date and you have sometimes to rush it and always be open and deal with employees and do this at the same time do the whole marketing so it was very tough so is it just is it just you just you these days it's, it's, a, it's a family business so it was me and my brother which is still continue doing that um and uh, yeah, so basically I had to really deal with a lot of stress and pressure and I just didn't want it anymore. So I started to do a research and decided on Amazon FBA, that would be my best opportunity to really uh, quickly replace my income. In that I found it, I've noticed that there's a lot of businesses these days that are trying to buy FBA businesses. Have you been approached by these businesses? Are they yeah, banging yeah, down pressure. your door? Kind of, yeah. They're very uh, aggressive with the marketing because they raised a lot of money, all these aggregators. We're talking like billions of dollars. If I'm not wrong, they have like $8 billion now to just spend on FBA businesses. Yes. Uh, now, now, what that creates, that creates that there is more, much more demand to buy businesses, but there is no really enough supply. So they are basically finding on any business. Uh, a lot of times they will just approach you to uh, talk with you and see the details of your business, but just so they can get the data. So for anyone that is uh, considering selling, I would definitely recommend don't, don't let them get into your account and see what's going on. When you're actually ready to sell, that's when you do that and provide the numbers. Don't do it before. Right. It, it seems to me that uh, they were offering very low uh, amounts of money for these businesses. They and, offer a low amount of money. Well, it seemed. I'm guessing they're offering more money now. But I mean, I I talked to one of them, and they said that they were offering, you know, like two or three times multiple of the the profits of the business, which yeah. is quite low. So I'm that guessing was that, back then. That was yeah. Back then. So now it's now they're just going. They're just going a bit mad. I think. So yeah. you um. So you've got your your sort. Tell us about your sourcing monster business. Yeah. That, so it's not really a business. It's a YouTube channel and a website where I just share everything that I do. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, people sometimes telling me, oh, how are you like other YouTubers? How are you can able to produce so much content? And I was like, it's things that I already do and doing. So just explain them. It doesn't really require any research or uh, work prior to recording a video. So just like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, just record a video, 
and then I have my team kind of uh, edit this. My goal with that is really to be the best resource for Amazon FBA and Walmart. So I'm really looking at it uh, like as a long-term goal to really grow it. I don't have any agenda. I'm not selling anything or, no, it's okay. uh, you know, just try to grow it to something big. That's my plan. Cool. Well, check it out. Is it, is it just, can we find it by Sourcing Monster on, on YouTube? Yeah, it's sourcing monster. Excellent. We'll put a we'll put a link in the we'll put a link in the description, and I'll I'll also we'll also tweet it. Um, so what what do you think is um, what advice do you have for people who are trying to get into doing their own label stuff? I mean, what should people look for in a in a white label product? Yeah, so I don't do white label. I do private label. Right. Okay. But white label would work too on Amazon. The only problem with that with white label that is very. Would easy you like to just explain the difference between white label and and private label? Yes. So white label is basically you take uh, an existing item, uh, let's say this uh, this uh, glass cup, and basically um, just putting your own brand name on it. You don't do any modification. You don't uh, change the size, color, or anything. Just the pre-made product from a factory, and you put your own logo. Private label usually there are some cases that they just do the same thing. They just put their own logo and packaging, and they call it like private label. And that's kind of like similar to white label. But what really private label is, is that you take an item from a factory and you kind of modify it and uh, put your own brand name on it. So okay. that's really create high entry barrier for other people than copying you. It's much more complicated to copy you and do the same exact thing. <laughs> and what, what you will answer the question that you asked on uh, like what people should really look at when they get started. So I definitely think that research and, 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 and knowing what you are entering into, it's super important. Um, and of course, you know, you have to find the balance. You, you can't just do research all the time. I see this, you know, many times that people just focusing on, you know, preparing, learning and, and not actually moving forward and sourcing the product. So you have to be prepared, but at the same time, move with it because experience is more important than if you fail. Because if you fail, which most likely will happen at some point uh, when you launch new products, it's an experience. You learn from it. You learn what mm -hmm. you did wrong. You learn what you did good. And you can basically implement all these, uh, uh, you know, ideas and things you learned on your new, your next product. So definitely do the research and make sure that you, for beginners to go into a market that it's not that competitive, where you can actually uh, beat the offers that are currently on the marketplace and bring something that is better with marketing and better product. So that would be my advice to people. So how would you find, how do you go about finding a product which isn't as competitive? Yeah, so the golden question and uh, many, th that's a very complicated topic, uh, even for advanced sellers. So this is not something I can explain in one hour, like, you know, in, in this podcast, not a, not a I have like a answer. four hours video that I walk through, I recorded myself, like open the, the screenshots on the computer for four hours, just show what I do. So, okay. So if that, so you've got a video on your, on your YouTube channel where you show how to do this. Yes. Yes. Um, and basically you want to make sure that you, you check the nature of the product that you're trying to launch and you see, you, you, you analyze the competitors. Do they do like great job with marketing? Do their listing is good enough? Like their photos, their copywriting, if not, then it's opportunity to bring something better as far as marketing side of things. But that's not enough because you could have a really nice product and great marketing, but it's not going to sell. So you have to really master these two things, source the right product and make sure that your listing and, and uh, you know, the marketing is really like top notch. Okay. So 
what kind of process do you do you use to make a product successful? And so you go obviously you do the research. I mean, how do you can you just talk us in one minute, perhaps talk us through the process of, you know, coming with an idea to getting it live on Amazon and then kind of optimizing it? Maybe two minutes. How about that? Yeah. So how they can uh, what again? Well, just saying, OK, let's see. You've got an idea. What, what tools do you use? Presumably something like Jungle Scout to research the, the niche that you're you're using and then um where do you where would you you know once you've got the idea what what do you go into alibaba to find the suppliers yeah. yeah so the next step is to basically you know with product research it's like a funnel the more products you feed the funnel the more chances that you will have to source a success successful product you know people sometimes because it's a very tedious and, and stressful process it takes also a lot of time and concentration Sometimes they just uh, go with item that it's not good because of that reason, because it just takes them too long and they feel frustration. And because of that, they go into the wrong item. So never really, uh, you know, uh, go with, you know, against your principles and the things that you said you're going to check before you source a product. But after the, so the more products that come into the, you know, first stage, which is really uh, falling into the bracket of your criteria then you go and uh, check them on Alibaba. You check the prices, you check the competitors. And if then everything makes sense, then you start the process of sourcing the product. And that's again, just so one minute. When so you saw the, when you saw, okay, the sourcing the product. So you, you, you talk to the supplier, would you get some, um, get some samples made? Um, how many, because obviously if you're doing a private label thing, presumably you have to do a larger run of products. And if it's white labels, yeah, what you would have you, to, you have to do a lot a, of, or, uh, the quantity should be very relatively high because on Amazon, when you get out of stock, that's the end of the story for you pretty much. So you want to make sure that you have enough inventory to support the demand. And now with the logistics issues in the world, it's even tougher. So you have to really make sure that you have enough money to support that amount of inventory. And yeah, of course, part of it is to, before you actually pull the trigger, you order samples, you compare it with your competitors, and it's not just that simple. You have many, many steps in the middle. Um, but in one minute, that's how the process works. Then you ship it to Amazon FBA warehouse and they ship it for you. Uh, then um, it's in a nutshell. So what, what do you think of it? Okay, because I've always looked at this in the past and I thought, gosh, this looks difficult, right? I thought, you know, I just, you know, it's just much easier buying other people's products. Um, I mean, what do you think? I mean, because it's one of those things these days people talk a lot about. It's almost, I wouldn't say it's a get-rich-quick scheme, but it's certainly you know, has elements of that as in you, you have to, you know, you're not, you're using FBA to, um, uh, you know, to store the products, you need very little kind of infrastructure. Um, and I think you, with these things, you hear a lot about the people who are successful and not about the people who aren't successful. What do you think? I mean, how easy do you think it is to do? I mean, obviously, you know, is it, is it, is it an easy thing to do? Is it as easy as people say it is, or is it just really hard and only a few people get it right? Yeah, very good question because, you know, people just talking about those success stories, but no one mentioning about how many people failed. And uh, I think it's 95% of new sellers failed in their first year. Right. So, so like when you know this data, you need to understand that you have to do things that are much different than 95% of people starting an Amazon business. So you have to prepare yourself that first, you're not going to see money probably in the first year because everything had to be reinvested. It's not a cash flow business. It's definitely like it's an inventory business. So your profits basically uh, 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 are in, in your inventory. That's your profits. 
unless you have like a lot of money and cash behind you. Uh, but that's very important thing to understand and people sometimes quit because they don't see the money or don't have enough uh, money to support the demand. So that's number one. Second is really be prepared to give it all. Be prepared that to, to, to do something that it's not easy. It's not easy as people describe it. Um, it's, it's simple though, the process and the principles and everything is simple. I believe everything is simple, but you have to really put the work efforts and being focused to really make it there. It's not uh, like people described. I just started to sell in 2019, but before that I heard people, you just bring a product and it sell like crazy. So I really didn't experience this. So I can't really come and say that it's easy. It's definitely not easy. Yeah, because I see a lot of, I mean, Amazon is just, you know, f- you know, I've, you know, going to Alibaba, there's any number of products on Alibaba, you go into Amazon, there's any number of products on Amazon, I just think it must be it's quite hard to find a niche. Um, and I mean, I had a, a friend of mine's mother-in-law basically decided she, she thought, wow, I, I, well, I just, you know, she went and bought some masks. And then she discovered she couldn't sell them because everyone was selling masks. Yeah. And um so I think it it it's um, it it is there seems to be a lot of courses out there, people selling courses, how to become an FBA seller. So it's good to hear that you, you know, that you've worked really hard and you've but you found it tough. It is, it is. It's not an easy thing. And I see it also with so I do offer coaching, really not focusing on that, only for serious people. But those that I see, a lot of them are not serious enough, and you see that they fail. So if you think that it's, go- it's something you're going to do on the side and, you know, maybe I'm going to try it, that's the wrong approach. That's the wrong attitude. You have to come with an attitude that it's going to work. Yeah, gonna Whatever it's going to take, I'm going to do it, you know. If you come with the other attitude, it's, it's going to fail because it's much tougher than before. Okay. So I mean, have you got any advice for dealing with suppliers? So if you could you hear these kind of... Um, uh, of like nightmare stories about you know people ordering stuff and not the, the, the wrong stuff turning up or it being a low quality or and then you know losing their money what, what how would you what are your tips for finding good suppliers yeah great question so always protect yourself always have leverage so when if you order from alibaba and the uh the supplier tells you you know what all good we agreed the samples are great let's just uh produce uh you know start with production and you're okay let's do it everything is good and they tell you uh, pay me with wire transfer to this bank account don't do that never because you have no leverage i'm not saying that a lot of people uh uh, you know not doing it it's uh it works for them but for me it's a really big risk because if something goes wrong and i send the money via wire transfer i have no way to get it back but if i pay with a credit card or paypal i do have another layer of protection that in my business it proved it as very efficient when i had issues so definitely have leverage on the supplier, pay them with credit card, pay with PayPal, or and make sure that you deal with the trade uh, the Alibaba supplier that have trade insurance. So trade insurance, it's basically uh, a, a layer that Alibaba created to protect buyers from uh, issues that you have with your product. So let's say you ordered 1000 units of hairbrush and you got them half broken, all of them. Um, so you contact Alibaba first and you show them the picture and usually they are very responsive and will resolve the issue most likely you will get your money back so you can't have a protection with that what are the uh the you know i i have i have ton of advices how to deal and negotiate with suppliers i do have like a mini free video about it uh but uh if i have to break it down into like categories first of all make sure that you build a relationship deal with the suppliers and talk with them like you would want to talk to your client for example give them the same 
you know, attitude and, and uh, try to really build, build relationship with them because it will pay off. So if it's some t- in their holidays, I send them gifts. I try to really ask them some personal questions. How is your life? Do you have like really get to know them on the personal level because it will definitely pay off when you need something and you will need uh, for sure, you know, things will not go as you wanted that you will, you will need them on your side. So if you don't build this relationship from the beginning, it will make things a little harder. So definitely mm-hmm. build a relationship, definitely negotiate and check the true price that this product costs. And there is, Uh, a website there is the Chinese Alibaba version and if you check the same item on the Chinese Alibaba order uh, I'm sorry website and you see that it's lower there it's a leverage for you and you can tell them look why between you guys in China you are selling it for four dollars but you try to sell it for me to on six and a half dollars you're trying to make an extra two and a half dollars profit get it down to four dollars and usually it's very effective when you show them that you know what you're doing and you show them that you were able to find this exact item for lower price, it's a big leverage when you negotiate. So that's okay. one trick. that's really uh, one trick and hack that work great for me. And just, you know, be organized, be prepared, talk with, uh, when you get quotes, it's very easy to lose track. You can get like 10, 15 quotes and you don't really know who, who gave you what. And that creates for you more work. So it's important to be productive and efficient when you actually start talking to suppliers, have an Excel, uh, uh, Google sheet or something like that, that you put every quote in an organized way. So when you need to talk with each one of them, it's very easy for you to find all the details. I also like to add, what is the last uh, you know, communication or where we're standing really the last time we had a conversation. So I don't have to start again and guess, oh, what, what did we talk about last time? Because sometimes there is a lot of back and forth. You tell them you need X, Y, Z, and then they will tell you, okay, we'll get back to you. So not always they are responsive and uh, responsible enough to get back to you. So you want to put that, that on that date, I contacted that supplier and I asked him for this price. He should get back to me by tomorrow. So the next day you come and check this, it's very easy for you to really manage and, and, and do that. Because again, if it's one or two products, you can do it. But once you scale, you need to have systems and processes for all of those things. Okay. So do you find, I mean, how, you know, obviously the, the stuff that goes into FBA needs to be delivered in a certain format and it needs to be boxed in a certain way. Have you found suppliers are good enough at doing that? Yeah, yeah. They usually, uh, usually it's the job of the freight forwarder, um, whoever is going to ship your goods. Um, and that's something I also entered into. So I offer like uh, freight services. If people need to ship from China to the US or Europe, that's something that, uh, you know, I provide. Now, that's usually their work. The freight forwarder come, pick up the cartons. You provide them before that, of course, the labels. Uh, it's usually not the carrier labels. It's just the box labels which they have to stick on the box. For the first shipment, I would just ask to take pictures and video showing me that it was done correctly. So I just tell them, hey, can you, before shipping it, take a quick video, show me how you put it. And it's basically like you there just confirming everything. So use the technology to your uh, advantage. And basically, even if you're not in China, you can still ask them to take videos and picture and you're like there. Another thing is to do inspection. Inspection before shipping, especially in your first order, it's really a must. You go there, you send someone that is not related to that factory, a supplier, and you tell them to check all these things about your product, the measurements, pictures, and that way, if something goes wrong, you can really catch it before it arrives to Amazon warehouses and create bigger issue for you. So you've got to be careful, basically, and be on top of stuff. 
100%. The end zone, especially like, so last year, that's when things went really good, but then they started to decline. And the reason for that, that I, I had too much confidence. I thought that every product I will bring will be a success. That didn't happen. And that ha- the reason for that after analyzing is that I started to be less hands-on, less checking things, less doing things that, that brought me the success with the other products. So no matter where you are at your journey, always make sure you are really checking everything and, and doing all the steps necessary. Don't skip any steps. Otherwise, it will you know hurt your uh, wallet pretty much. Okay, so I think we've covered some of these already, but I mean, what do you think, what are the common problems that people come across when, they, when they're going into private label? Yeah, so I, I see that most people, that they struggle with product research um, because they didn't, you don't have success yet. You don't know what will work, how it works. And especially in the beginning, it's, you, you always feel that it's, it's, it's something is bad or it doesn't work or it's not the, the, right, the right product for you. So Try to work with criterias and really check all the data points and, and you know, uh, product research, it's hard task, but it's something that requires momentum and repetition and just doing it again and again. The, the really big problem that I see is that people doing product research, but they're not really have enough focus. This is a task that they require a lot of focus because it's very, you know, repetitious uh, process. You have to go to products and see it again and check it again and again and again and again until you find a product. So, you know, people have a lot of doubts and struggle with that, I, I think. And logistics. Uh, right now, the shipping costs are very high. So that makes things very tough to deal with. Uh, that's the second problem that I think that it's, uh, you know, hurting a lot, all of us uh, in, in the e-commerce business that they deal with, you know, physical products for sure. Uh, these, these are the two main struggles. Of course, you have, you have to master PPC, marketing, listing optimization. For a beginner that doesn't have any background, these skills to create them and have them as good as needed takes time. So if you don't have any prior background in e-commerce or uh, you know, uh, marketplace or anything like that, and you expect that in a month that you will bring a product and it will be a hit, like those people trying to sell, you know, those gurus, uh, it's not going to happen. You know, you have to create the skills and good fundamental before you jump and uh, source your first product. Mm-hmm. So do you find, I mean, did you, do you find you spend a lot of your, your margin on advertising on Amazon? Yeah, that's the main thing. We're obviously trying to reduce that always. Uh, the beauty in Amazon is that with PPC and marketing that you do within the platform, it's not just driving sales, direct sales. It's also help you uh, drive better organic rankings. And that's what yes. we all do. You know, that's what everything is about. Getting those free sales uh, using uh, PPC efforts to really get better rankings. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this has been very interesting. I think I've just got one last question for you. Um, what has inspired you recently? What have you, what have you found? That's a good question. Uh, so I went to... Um, I went to a conference, a mastermind in Las Vegas. And what really inspired me is being around people that just sold their businesses for like 30 million, 20 million. And those numbers really inspired me to see that seeing those people that are not no different than I could really get into uh, selling their business for that you know, amount. That really inspired me to really push harder and stronger. And uh, I feel that it's something that is very important. When you start selling on Amazon, 
you want to surround yourself with Amazon sellers. You want to surround yourself with people that could inspire you and could give you uh, motivation to push uh, through and see it as, as real as it is, you know? Big part of it is the belief that you can do it, you know? If you don't believe that you can do it and if you enter into something and you think, oh, I'm going to try it, you know, that, that's not going to work. You have to believe in what you actually want to achieve, that it's work. So if you're surrounding yourself with people that are already successful, that gives you the, the, the proof. Okay, it works. It works for them. The, let me adjust what I'm doing. And if I'm doing something wrong to, uh, you know, make it better, because if I fail, it's something that I did wrong, not you know, because it works for other people. So how do you find, because something I find with e-commerce is obviously, you know, we all sit in our, you know, it's, it's quite hard to meet other sellers because I mean, unless you know them, I mean, you know, you don't, you know, you're the customer, you obviously deal with suppliers, you deal with Amazon, you don't really deal with other sellers. So how do you go about, how do you meet other sellers? Yeah, so it's, it's very easy, even with, you know, with the COVID that is going on right now, and it's very hard to have those large meetups. There is, first of all, there is meetup probably in any, any, anywhere in the world, uh, for Amazon sellers. So go to meetup and try to find the local meetup. Even if it requires like an hour drive, you want to really surround yourself with those people. And it's always great and better relationships when it's like personal than, you know, over the internet. But even if you can't go or you can't find the meetup, go join to Facebook groups. We do have actually a, a Facebook group where we can engage. And the goal is to really uh, collaborate and have a better community by helping it, each other to become better sellers. So it's called Sourcing Monster, but you have plenty of Facebook groups that offer the same thing. You can go to Reddit, to a community, choose one community and just stick to it and try to build relationships with other sellers. You can even put a post in one of them. Hi, I'm a beginner. Want to connect with uh, like-minded people. Uh, in the Amazon space, we can create a mastermind. That's what I did. I created masterminds at the beginning of two or three people that we sit and we talk with each other, show each other our listings. Uh, you know, you we are the only uh, animal in the you know uh, uh, in 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 the in this earth that can actually learn from other people's experience. That's something that I uh, heard like a few uh, weeks ago. So like other animals, they can't really learn from other, uh, let's say monkeys experience. They learn only from their experiences, what they had in life. Uh, what we human people can listen to this podcast and really basically learn from my mistakes or learn from the experience that I had. That's the beauty of, of this crazy days we're living in that you have all this data in front of you and you can basically do, it's all about you. It's all about what you put on. You strike me as a man with a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of, a lot of skill and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of get up and goes. It's been great talking to you and uh, good luck for the future. Yeah. Thank um, you very much for having me again. Okay. Was it sourcing, sourcing monster? Where can people find you? So yeah, it's sourcing monster, the YouTube channel or the website sourcing-monster.com and uh or email me tomer at sourcing-monster.com uh i'll be happy to connect okay great lovely speaking to you tomer goodbye